everyone. Welcome to Adoption Adventures. Um, those of you that are listening in real time, you will know that I'm recording this whilst basically inhabiting the sun. <laughs> it's uh, it's day two of the hottest day of the... Oh, well, I don't know however long they've said that it's the hottest day for. It's just very warm. Um, which means that everyone that you speak to has to remind you that it's warm. Um, which... I don't think it's helping, even though I'm saying it right now, I don't think it's helping you to hear that it's warm. Doesn't help me, doesn't help you. But it's just what we do. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking about foster carers. Um, This is born out of um, conversations I've had recently with regards to um, matching and introductions and also a conversation that I had um, with um, our group that meet to discuss LGBTQ plus and allies Um, and just a couple of topics that came up around sort of fostering. Um, what, What made me sort of the whole the whole thing started because the um, within our area within our region they have employed um, a transition transitions manager matching coordinator so someone who is there to increase and improve the rate um, and the matches um, so essentially their role is to ensure that children are waiting less time. Um, as part of my role um, within Adopt a Voice, this individual asked me if I would be prepared to speak to my cohort, my support, um, to identify what works, what doesn't work, um, any suggestions that people have got for different things that they might have heard of that they'd like um, authorities to give a shot at and try. Um, can sometimes be super scary trying new things. I'm fully aware when. Uh, the first agency started doing sort of like activity days, very scary, but actually the results kept coming in that it was working. So they've sort of moulded it, adjusted it, and just doing what they can to help these children find homes. Um, but this coordinator wanted to know, is there more that we could do? Are there different ideas that people have? What sort of experiences had people had? Um as I was talking um, to a, sort of an online group, we talked about the importance of those sort of connections and relationships with with foster carers. Um, and the group that I was talking to, they'd experienced their placements over quite a um, quite an expansive time so one one placement was I think something like 10 years ago um, and then right up until I think we had a placement that was just a couple of months old so we had a real sort of mix of people that were there what we learned um, which this wasn't a shock or a surprise but what we learned was when um, foster carers is their first placement it it can be it can be really challenging um, because this is the first time that they're going through that loss um, and going through that transition themselves. 
Um, and I don't think the same as us as parents, I don't think it matters how much training you go through. You don't know how you're going to be until you're actually in that moment and having those experiences. Um, we talked about how um, different foster carers give themselves different titles and names within the home. Um, sometimes they even referring to themselves as mummy and daddy. Um, and the challenges that we as adopters then face um, because our children are then really, really struggling with that sort of moment of split loyalty going, well, who, who are you going to be if, if I've already got these guys? Um, now, sometimes actually kids can just fall into doing that. Um, we know um, we watched a really awesome uh, video clip of little dude with his foster carer um and he he did it he slipped into to calling her um mummy now we get entirely what happened there you know he he's reaching out he's 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 grasping at something trying to say hey you know is this is this what i think it is you know I'm looking for connection, meaningful relationships, and you know you're you're ticking all of those boxes. So you're doing every one of those jobs of what I'm told I'm looking for. So do you know what? I'm I'm going to honour you with that title. Um. Now, as we watched um, little dudes, um, foster care and him interacting in this assessment, it was really beautiful. Their bond was. It was shining bright. Um, and in that, when he said, oh, you know, I just called you mummy, she ignored it the first time. She just carried on sort of carrying on about their business. And then he did it again. And she still just carried on and ignored it. But then he sort of called it out and went, oh, I just called you mummy. Um, so you could see that he was playing up to the camera, playing up to his audience a little bit as well, and just testing, testing a boundary. Now, little dude's foster carer, she sort of came back on this and was like, oh, yeah, I, I heard, but don't you think that that's going to get quite confusing for you? Because if if you find a mummy and daddy, you're going to be confused over who is who. Um, and she kind of pushed it back right onto his feet and he accepted her explanation and he moved on. And it was really, really, it was a beautiful interaction. At that moment, Dad and I kind of took stock and we spoke and we, we said, you know, what is evident is just how close little dude is with his foster family and how we need to make sure that that relationship is there because, you know, these are, these are crucial people. Um, but what my conversation with the other adopters um, sort of demonstrated was there were times when um, adopters were sort of saying that foster carers were coming in and saying, you know, I am mummy, I am daddy, and that is what we are, that's how we will always be known, and things like that. And you think, oh, cracky, that's, that's actually a, that's a lot for a little person to, to take on. And it's a, it's a lot for new perspective parents to take on as well um which can be quite 
quite scary. Um, sorry, I, I keep taking swigs of water. Um, you know, just to stay hydrated. That's what all of the research is telling me. Then I'll be fine. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you're going on this journey. You're about to meet your children. And you want to make a good impression. You want to stand out. You want to be awesome. Um, and... If you're then greeted by foster carers who are sort of saying, hey, no, we are we are mummy and daddy, nothing's going to change that, it, it puts you in, on the back foot where you think, oh, I don't know how to deal with this and I don't know what to do here because actually that's not the case. And the whole point of this process is that that is not going to be the case. So that's got to be really, really challenging. Um, and the the recommendation that I made to the board was that it was imperative that foster carers are given as much training, support and guidance as possible around those transitions because they need to understand the language that they're using and the sort of like the difficulties that they can raise there. Um, but in the same breath, they've also got to build those relationships and make these children feel settled, feel loved, feel safe and secure. So it's it's treading a fine line and, and it, it demonstrates once again the importance of good foster carers and the importance of these people and the role that they play in our children's lives. Um, the work that, that they put in to lay the groundwork for us to be able to become parents is incredible. Um, and, you know, when it's when it's done right it's it's incredible absolutely amazing um the other stories that i was hearing um there was one particular adopter they said you know they'd stayed in touch with their foster carers um and the the foster carers when it came to i think it was either christmas or birthday it was a celebration they sent across a really extravagant, really beautiful, wonderful gift. And that this in itself, whilst beautiful, also caused some friction and some difficulties within their family because this particular doctor said that their parents weren't as financially stable. So they, I say financially stable, that's the wrong language. They, they, they weren't in as strong a financial position, which meant that they wouldn't be able to do that um, sort of level of gift. And it then made them feel bad. And it made them, so it put their noses out of joint because they couldn't do the same as what the foster carers could do. Um, now, I think in those instances, that, that would be a challenge. That would be really, really difficult. And it would be a difficult conversation, certainly. Um, but not one that would be impossible. It might just be a bit challenging. Um, something that someone mentioned, an idea that they had, or uh, rather an idea that their agency put in place, um, was that when they first met with the foster carers, they exchanged details and then they started doing video calls with one another, so like FaceTime. Um, 
and sometimes the little one would be involved other times it would just be them talking and the little one might just be around um that way they said that they was just building up a rapport with the foster carers they were building sort of that sense of you know i feel quite comfortable here and comfortable with you it also helped the children in that situation to see the adopters as friends of the foster carers so it kind of gave them that gravitas um and gave them that sort of confidence that and it gave the children the opportunity to go wow okay well it looks like my foster family have signed off on this maybe it's worth me giving some thought to um because you know the, the foster carers are are people that our children i'm gonna say 99 percent of the time have built up a real strong relationship with and a solid trust has formed so if the foster carers are on board i think that that is going to help with the transitions and the, and the placement itself um i then heard a story yesterday which i found really upsetting um and really disappointing as well um this was a story where by it was um same-sex adopters and as they were going ahead with their placement they found that the relationship between foster care and themselves it, it seemed just a little bit fractious and wasn't going anywhere um, and it transpired that this um, these foster carers had emailed into social services to voice their concerns about this placement because um, couples that are in same-sex relationships are more likely to split up and are more likely to be going through a phased relationship and that they had severe concerns about the placement because these children would be better off staying in foster care. Um, I found that really disappointing um, to hear that that was happening pretty much only two years ago. So we're not even going back that far. Um, obviously, this did not stop the placement. And obviously, it was the foster carers that needed the support, the guidance. Um, I don't know what happened after the placement. I would hope a lot more training and perhaps not many more placements. Um, but yes, that was really, really sad to hear. And that was just before transition started. And we talked about how difficult that must have been to walk into this person's home, knowing that they have all of these things out and said all these things and you just you've got to go into their home for a set period of time and be as comfortable and as relaxed as possible so as your children can see the real you but always in the back of your mind thinking i'm actually really not welcome here um and that's well yeah i mean that's just got to be so so difficult i i genuinely don't know how how you would handle something like that um 
fortunately their placement happened and was a roaring success and the relationship is still a roaring success as well um what all of this did is it allowed me to reflect and think about how deeply grateful I am for the foster placement that little dude had. He spent three and a half years in a foster placement. Lots longer than he should have, but my goodness, was that a wonderful place for him. When he talks about that time in his life, he talks about that is when his life really started. That's when he was at zero. That's when he learned all of those real important basics in life and he started to build on that. And when we first met with Dean's foster family, it was very much a case of, okay, there's a connection there for him, so we best make sure it's there for us. Um, and we had pages and pages and pages of questions for <laughs> for that meeting. Um, and I'm sure I've said this before, we kind of got to the position where we were about to sort of meet with little Lou's foster care and, you know, Dad and I agreed that, that if, if, if for whatever reason we're not keen on this person, we are just going to basically, we're going to fake it until we make it. We're just going to have to fake that relationship because clearly she means something to little dude. So we'd already agreed that that is something that we would do. But we met with her and it was impossible to not just just basically realise that you're in the presence of someone who is genuinely good. Um, I, I could spend hours upon hours talking about little dudes, foster carers, and the whole foster family, all that they have done, all that they continue to do. Um, and I don't even think after all of that time, I don't even think you'd then truly understand how wonderful they are. Um, they are fantastic humans. They are a fantastic family. They taught little dude everything about being a family. They got him so prepped and ready to become part of our family. They were so excited, so excited for him. And all the while, that must have been a heartbreaking moment because three and a half years of living with them was coming to an end. But they were able to put that on hold and go, no, no, our focus is on little dude and getting this placement right. Truly beautiful. Truly, truly beautiful. Now, when we first met her and we built this sort of understanding that she was wonderful and we started to meet with her more, Dad and I agreed we were going to swap um, contact details so as we could start to have an informal sort of relationship with with them so as we could actually break those barriers down and make things a bit easier. At the time, this was 
really frowned upon and everyone was really nervous and scared but we did it anyway and as a result we were texting each other we were getting photos we were getting to know the real little dude not the file version of little dude and you would just be in your day-to-day activities and all of a sudden just get a text through just with a tiny little update about what was going on in his world and you your heart would melt and you'd think yeah that's beautiful that is wonderful um that then allowed us when we first came to visit little dude the scary part was over i i said the scary part was over the scary part of meeting at the foster carer's home that bit was over (laughs) the whole journey and becoming parents that bit was the real scary bit um but that initial okay i'm going to be walking into essentially a stranger's home and i've got to just be as relaxed and as normal as possible that's that's weird um particularly because someone uh, someone referred to it, it felt almost like um a kidnapping you know you get to know this child for a, <laughs> a week or two and then you're going right now I'm taking them, but everyone's okay with it. Um, it does feel a bit sort of surreal and, and weird. Um, so being able to walk through that door and have those conversations and have a real comfortable relationship really made a difference. I was able to stop at certain points and just go, oh, gasping for a tea. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and make that. And, I mean, <laughs> I am a little bit cheekier than some, granted. But we'd built that relationship where I could genuinely feel at home. I could feel so comfortable. And that is all down to the foster family. They they made you, you walked through the door and you felt like you were at home instantly. Um, so being able to do that, was really really nice because it was a one thing i genuinely didn't have to worry about i didn't have to think about i didn't have to be considering how this might look or oh you know if i if i sit on the floor and make a stupid noise and muck about play playing a game with little dude is somebody in the background kind of thinking "Mm, i wouldn't have done it like that there was nothing like that instead it was very much a case of my home, your home. In fact, I would actually say for for the week that we were having the introduction at, at their home, it almost felt like we were the sole priority. So they, they were like, hey, our, our life is kind of like not really imperative here. It's just you being comfortable, you doing what you've got to do relax and enjoy it and we did and we could and it allowed us to have such freedom to be ourselves um so when i hear those stories of how it's difficult it makes me reflect on how lucky we are to have had the experiences that we had um which then adds to the strength that how lucky little dude was for the beautiful foster placement that he had you know it, it 
it cannot be put into words how important and how wonderful that was for him. So when you're in those situations where you're first meeting these foster carers, my strongest advice is if it's possible, really strive to build those relationships, break those barriers, um, and and actually definitely exchange contact details. Um, I, I cannot stress enough how important that is for you to be able to build that rapport, build a relationship with these people, because actually our children will look to them first. So you've got to build that relationship. Um, and they are the eyes into the past. They are the eyes into the future. They are not social workers. Therefore, they're able to give you a, <laughs> a solid, confirmed answer. Whereas social workers need to delve a bit deeper sometimes. They can just tell you how it is. Um, and they will. Um, I say they will. I mean, that's not a guarantee, but it's certainly our experience. Um, yeah, just if you can build those relationships, build them. Then, like we've said a million times in the past, if you can maintain those relationships, maintain them. Um, they're vital. Um, and, you know, it's not about us. It's all about the kids. Um, so I'm fully aware that that little dude's foster family do tune in. Um, so, <laughs> so if you're listening to this one, your ears must have been burning and I'm sure you wouldn't have enjoyed all of those moments. But understand, you are amazing. Little dude wouldn't be anywhere close to where he is now if it wasn't for you all I know for a fact that we've told you how wonderful you are in the past but I don't think I'll ever stop telling you and I don't think little dude will ever stop talking about it either whilst we were on holiday he talked about you all and about how wonderful you are and what you do and what any other foster carer like you does is incredible and beyond valuable. Um, so to you and to all of the other wonderful foster carers out there, a huge thank you. And that's going to be it. Thank you for listening. And we'll speak to you next time. <laughs>